Welcome back to Into the Light, A Different Life Story, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview. And this time I'm beaming all the way across to Toronto, Canada. And I have got Lisa Kelly with me. Lisa is a woman who has transformed, uh, like so many of my guests. Uh, she, and like me, has gone through oh, some darker times and has decided, no, 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 let's turn this life around. And I'm dead excited to have her on the show because she really lives the law of attraction. And a long time ago, I thought, what a bullshit. Oh, that doesn't, what, yeah, right, this positive thinking crap. Um, meanwhile, I'm a, I'm a convert, and I actually try actively to practice it. But what actually is it? What, what, how do you live a life where you try to attract some really beautiful things in your life without just sitting there and praying and hoping kind of a thing. So that is what we're going to explore today. Lisa, I'm so grateful that you're here on my show. I'm so grateful and excited to be here and to meet you. I've listened to many of your podcasts now and I just love them. I'm excited to uh, talk with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for the roses. And see, if Lisa does it, it would be really silly of you to, to lose that chance or to not use that chance. So down there is the subscribe button. Press the subscribe button, guys. And, and tell your friends, because there are so many great people here on my show. And I'm, I'm so honored and humbled every single time I get the chance to interview someone like Lisa. So guys, go out there, spread the word. And maybe we can make this world a little bit better, one interview at a time. Lisa, oh, it's it's great. I mean, the, the law of attraction, it is, it is something that has been around for such a long time. Uh, yet, actually, um, few people really sort of get into it and truly, truly, in the truest meaning of the word, uh, practice it. What was the situation that led you to a point in your life where actually you thought, nah, this can't continue like the way it is. My bottom? I had uh, a son. He was two. And uh, I had not been drinking while I was pregnant with him. I felt the healthiest I had ever felt. I was telling all of my drinking buddies, I was still hanging out with my drinking buddies, but I wasn't drinking. And the great thing that happened to me when I was pregnant was I didn't have the urge to alcohol. I had an aversion to it. It made me feel sick. That was how I actually discovered I was pregnant because I couldn't drink anymore. And I was like, what's going on? Um, but uh, it was a slippery slope after he was about a year. I, um, I thought I was cured okay, I have not drank for about a year and a half or more. I'm like, good. The ge geographical cures and all those other cures, they did not work. But the pregnancy and having a son um, for a stint, um, I thought I was completely cured. And But it was a slippery slope as he got um, a little bit older. I started going to dinner parties. I would bring him with me. And um, long story short, it was he was two and a half. 
And I had a little moment of clarity. You know, you hear about the moment of clarity. And I said, how to myself, how can I continue drinking the way I love drinking and yet not be a mom like the mom I had where I actually saw my mom with drink in her hand all the time. I just didn't want my son growing up seeing me with a glass of red wine all the time. So I had that moment of clarity. I was just like, how can I, I love drinking. It's my, it's my passion. <laughs> it's so fun. I mean, I was in denial about a lot of things, but like, how can I continue with my one true love and yet still be the responsible, um, loving mother to my son? I just couldn't reconcile the two. So that was the first moment of clarity. And then it was probably only a couple weeks later. It was just, you know, one hangover um, of so many where you, you wake up and say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that particular one, I just, I was like, okay, I got to ask someone I know, someone I kept in the back of my mind who I had seen drop out of my partying scene. Uh, and I, I heard through the grapevine that she was now sober. And I was like, ooh, that sucks. I really liked hanging out with her. So she was the one that I emailed and I just was like, keep this to yourself. Keep it confidential. I just want to know, like, yeah, my ego was so big. Like, I don't tell anybody that I'm actually considering this, but like, how did you stop drinking? And is life still fun? So that, that was the bottom. And I just felt like hell. Like I was so sick. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I was supposed to go to work that day. I was supposed to take my son who was to to daycare before I went to work. Like I was just feeling, it was, have you, did you ever experience this where your hangover is so bad that when you're walking through your home, walking down the hall, that the wind is loud in your ears. Like I could actually hear the air in my ears every time I had a rotten hangover and it would hurt. It would hurt the headache. <laughs> I'll never forget that pain, <laughs> the hangover, the wind, the air in the room hurt. And okay, fair call. Uh, oh, we could talk here for hours. Uh, but I mean, let's let's be clear. We are not drinking because we hate the hangovers. We are drinking for other reasons. What did the alcohol give you? What when we when you were a younger woman? Uh, what? What were you more a shy person, uh, a people pleaser, or who were you when you were in your teenage Definitely. years? Yes, I was shy. You you got that right. Mm -hmm. Social anxiety, but um, what I have heard, you know, I I I have been going to AA. What I've heard in the rooms that really resonate with me is alcohol was not my problem alcohol was my solution. Reality was my problem. I just wanted to escape reality. I wanted to put a buffer between me and the rough edges of life. Like I just, I, I didn't feel comfortable. It, it was, it was in my teens. Like when I, I, I latched on to that, it saved me in a very challenging time. It, it helped me cope with pain and 
abandonment and all the other things that I didn't learn how to cope with. So it kind of was my solution for a long time. That's it, isn't it? Escaping reality. Suddenly Mm -hmm. you feel good. Suddenly the the worries and anxiety, it just falls away. And, And that... Even even late in my drinking career, that still was actually happening. The kind of after two glasses, big glasses of wine, suddenly your shoulders go from there to ah. That yeah. kind of sensation was still there, however fleeting and however short. Yeah. Um, the problem is, of course, by that time, the third and fourth glass were already in and then doing already what the third and fourth glass does, basically invite their friends, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh and eighth glass, um, and so on. And then you reminisce about the good old times, and then you wake up two hours later and have to go to work. Yeah. That was that that particular bottom. Like, I only had maybe, I think, four or three and a half hours sleep. Exactly. And you were probably still reeking of alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the hard thing. I mean, I certainly uh, nowadays, my boys are 19 and 21, especially my younger one. He uh, he was a very cuddly young man. And yet, uh, with hindsight, he said he hated to give me cuddles for uh, for some years because I was always smelling of wine. And yeah. That was very hard for me to take. That it still feels like a kick in the balls, but it is. It is. Uh, it is the reality. It is. It is the the brutal thing. So if you think you're a great drinker and your drinking is okay, your children, your little children specifically, they may have a rather different different attitude. So, oh yeah, mm. yeah. So that's that's beautiful that you had the power in yourself to say enough is enough. Um, How long have you been drinking? When did you start drinking? Around the age of 14. And I was 39 when I wrote that email. It was like the first stab. It it was just, I could, if, if I could have retracted the email, I probably would, but I hit sent. It was just like, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. But I was like, wow, done now. Let's see what happens. Oh, I'm so pleased for you. I'm so pleased for you. I mean, that was quarter of a century um, that you yeah. were collecting empty wine bottles. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. That is an interesting uh, interesting amount of time. Uh, it's the same time roughly about with me. I was a bit of a later starter um, to, to get seriously into alcohol. Um, the problem is uh, there is a saying in general terms that your emotional maturity stops developing when you start getting into whatever your poison is. Yeah. So therefore, here we are um, finally turning our corners, uh, still having the emotional maturity of a 14-year-old or an 18, 19, 20-year-old, um, exactly. and which is an oxymoron to talk about emotional maturity at that age. Uh, so God, but then again, here we are, here we are, you actually, um, 
fast forward to today, we're holding an interview and we're talking openly about sobriety. We're talking openly about times that were guilt-ridden, full of shame, full of, full of oh, nasty emotions and the, the, the self-flagellation that comes with, oh my God, I was still, I was, I'm still drinking. And then, tonight I will not drink. Tonight I will not drink. Eight hours later. I even felt that guilt and shame even in sobriety it took me a long time to sort of come out of the closet and just not care anymore huh. and tell people like I you know we talk about in recovery living a double life but I was actually still living a double life in my sobriety because I I would only tell certain people and which is it makes sense in a lot of cases not to like shout it from the rooftops which sometimes you feel like doing it right in the beginning like I'm sober now and you know you have to kind of be a bit careful but I was so careful it wasn't even until almost 10 years where I finally was just like telling I made like an official announcement on Facebook like on my 10-year anniversary or even Beautiful. 12-year anniversary. It took me a while. Oh, it's uh, very much. I love the, the way that you say you want us to shout it from the rooftops. Um, uh, a friend of mine, she, when she was in early recovery, she uh, went to, to a party somewhere and she, she started talking to the young man and, and he said, yeah, I'm in recovery. And she was about to say, yeah. And then she looked down and he, he was a sportsman and he had a, a cast on his leg and he was in recovery from his injury. So right. he was referring to complete different recovery. And she yeah. very clicked. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> right. Right. She thought she had found a fellow traveler and can, can have that the, reveal the secret brotherhood uh, it's true <laughs> I love that the whole fellow traveler too like you uh, can go anywhere in uh, the world and if you know like I have big dreams of traveling my son is 17 and in a year from now he'll be going to university and I plan on working from many different places because uh, um, I've just been on full mom for so long but I was like, you know, social anxiety still a little bit like in, in foreign places long time ago, it'd be so easy to travel because I would always just hit the bar and sit at the bar and meet people that way. But now I can go anywhere in the world and just hit a meeting and you immediately can connect that way. So I feel very relieved knowing that I have that to I'm always going to, I'm always going to feel, find my people wherever I go in the world. <laughs> fellow is, traveler. Uh, and it is weird. It is, there is a fellow, uh, a fellowship out there. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Mm -hmm. um, my wife shouted me a, a really beautiful holiday. Uh, we went on to a cruise ship around South America um, two, three years okay. ago. And there was uh, one of the bars um, had uh, one day a sign out there closed um, for the Friends of Bill. And I thought, okay, yeah, it was nice. Someone celebrating birthday. Next day, I walked again at the same time, walked past there. Again, Friends of Bill. 
And I thought, what the hell? And then the third day, I finally clicked. <laughs> and it was an AA meeting. Right, um, yeah. yeah. And I was on a cruise ship, which was notoriously wet uh, and yes. drinks everywhere. And yes. it was so beautiful. So even there, or yeah. especially there, you had yes. such a beautiful organized uh, organized fellowship there. And it is yeah. so beautiful. So when you yeah. actually start out looking for people who, who have got their shit together, you can actually, we are not really hiding. We are actually out here. Right now, yeah. you're listening to two, two people who have been in interesting places, to say the least, and uh, in interesting situations. And nowadays, we live such different lives. Uh, so, guys, it, it, welcome welcome to, the, to, the, to this new life, because it's fucking gorgeous. It is beautiful. Yeah. It is, yeah. ah! There is power. And what I'm doing here, this is not, this is not fake. This is not, not yeah. some people say, oh, you're so, you're so positive. So it's uh, disgusting. Life is not like that. Well, actually, life is like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's maybe, that's, that's Kelly, what your topic is. Because you actually say that, hang on, it is, the past does not equal the future. And every day you have good choices. That's right. How did you how did you get into that? So you were there, you had enough, you're you you emailed this this friend. Um how did that go? Where did that develop from there? Well, my friend suggested we meet for coffee. We met at a coffee shop, and I was, I don't know what the word is, but upset maybe for lack of a better word to see that her solution was AA and she passed the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous big blue book it looked massive she put it on the coffee table kind of gently pushed it toward me and said why don't you take this home and just you know browse through it and I was like looking around like Ah, I totally recoiled from the book and I I was like, ah, no, this can't possibly, I I didn't want, I wanted her to tell me something else, like an easier, softer way. (laughs) I didn't know, all I knew is that I didn't want to have anything to do with it. That that thought just um, was revolt repulsive to me it was really bad like my view of it my perception what worried you what was the perception well from what I had heard or seen on tv I didn't know a lot about AA when she suggested I look at the book um I just knew and I I say the g word um that's all I knew is that there was a bunch of people who talked about god and that was such a turnoff. Um, I was just like, no way. Like, you're not going to get me hanging out with people talking about that. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. Perfect. And, and okay, so that's uh, for, for the viewers out there who, for the great drinkers who are sort of coming into here and trying to sort of have a listen they didn't want to hear about aa and because they they fought our law of attraction that's how i work with it um guys let me teach you the aa was founded in the 930 and then in the 1930s um by 
to people who really were alcoholics themselves. And they had tried absolutely everything from we don't drink on the weekend, we don't drink during the week, we only drink uh, hot liquor, no beer, we only drink beer, no hot liquor. They tried absolutely every variation and nothing ever worked for them. And then they finally came up with a systematic approach to actually deal with uh, with getting getting sober. And that approach worked. Now, one of these people was actually a very good salesman. And he was not religious. He actually was in the First World War. And he has lost his faith in God. And so the last thing he wanted to have is the word God. But he was a good salesman. So he actually realized that Hmm. We're living in the 1930s. <laughs> we want to address people. So the way we can do that is by putting God in there. And that's really how it works. Um, so the, the, the fact that the AA, the, the original AA was, was quite religious, was more a sales pitch to actually get acceptance rather than actually it truly being meant. And if you look at the way the AA is written, it says, a God of your understanding. So therefore, if you say, but I'm, I'm, I believe in Islam, um, who cares? I believe in whatever religious deity, who cares? I hate religion, who cares? God, exactly. God can be a group of orderly drunks, can be a group of druggies. Okay, that's how 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 I like to rephrase it because I, I was not into religion. Religion, I have not been touched by Jesus Christ. So therefore, I personally am a, I'm a skeptic there. So, but I got around that because ultimately it's a really really good system, and that is essentially what most people who go to AA are experiencing. And very practically, there are some groups out there who are very religious and some groups out there who are completely agnostic. Okay. So there is, whilst they might use the word God as part of the prayer, the serenity prayer, um, that's, that's about as far as it goes. And if they meet in a church that has bugger all to do with them being religious, it means that that is the cheapest place in town that they can, can get access to because these are all volunteer organizations. Okay. So this is how that works in a nutshell. Um, don't dish the AA. They have saved millions of lives. And I guess the system saved me. And it is a system how to turn your life around. And that's absolutely beautiful. So here I you love are. That. Yeah. I love that. If someone would have told me, you know, before I emailed my friend that I would be in church basements, um, you know, sitting with other people, looking at, you know, the, the steps uh, where the G word is used, I would have like laughed my like it would just it would i wouldn't have believed it so one of the things that really helped me with that you know they say the inspiration i just i was like okay she's someone i used to like to party with and she seems to be happy now Mm. all right i took look at looked at the book and the favorite piece the thing that really had me have an open mind were all the stories in the back of the book like those stories 
I identified with so many and I, that's where I started to see myself and, and I, I was blown away. I did not expect that. I did not expect that one bit. When I started to see myself in those stories, it really gave me hope. And so when I went to my first meeting, again, the slogans, you know, one of the first slogans I saw was keep an open mind. And I was like, okay, okay, I will try. <laughs> I will keep an open mind. What, what's my other choice here? Mm. I was terrified. It, it was terrifying. But um, the other thing, I don't know if, if um, you know, I'm pretty sure in the book, I know in the um, literature that we were reading here in Toronto is this is not a religious program. This is a spiritual one. And that I could get down with. Like I, I didn't have any spirituality, but I was already going to yoga. Like I, yeah. I had an idea. I really wanted to be into meditation, but I couldn't not with, um, you know, that old mind. <laughs> um, so I was kind of open. I was like, okay, let's see, let's see what, what do you got? sort of thing. And then when they said the higher power of your own understanding, mm. I was starting to be able to interpret it how I wanted and take what I need and leave the rest mm. from the entire program. Like I didn't even use the G word for the longest time. It, I would just say universe. Universe was the thing that worked for me. And that's how I got into the law of attraction in a long roundabout way of answering which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, and that is the important bit. You created your own framework in your head that allowed you to see through the fog of yeah. misinformation, misperception, all those misses, and actually see, huh, that actually makes sense. Uh, that's that makes sense. That's that shit that reveals a lot about me. And I think that is the, the beautiful thing. The steps in, in AA are essentially handy next steps to, to deal with the underlying problems. You stopping drinking, that might be such a huge thing for you now, but that is not really what sobriety is about. Um, and that sounds strange, but so, so the, you're drinking for a reason, guys. And that reason is often trauma. That reason is often going back to your childhood. There are so many reasons that contribute to, to us seeking escape and trying to escape in reality. And that is really what, what you're doing in sobriety. And that's what the steps are helping you to do so you just not drinking nah this is we call that white knuckling uh a dry drunk um that yeah. is that is you have not dealt with anything like that and these are oh this this must be real hell um because people yeah. who are still stuck on on that constant I'm dry for 25 years. I haven't touched a, a drink. But if I don't go to every single meeting in the morning and in the evening, I'm going to be falling off the wagon. Huh. There's yeah. something a bit wrong there. As is, unfortunately, some of these meetings can be, uh, can be influenced by such long-timers, dry drunks, and mm, it is what it is. The moment you deal with the underlying 
consequences. You deal with the PTSD, you deal with the depression, the anxiety in your case, and hell, don't I know anxiety. Um, it is, it's the most powerful thing. It's the, it's like, like, wow, a superpower that you actually get your, your decks in a row. Yeah, I mean, uh, same. I, I was into, I was in more suffering with depression than anxiety. Like I, I was seeing therapists, I was trying antidepressants, but none of it worked because I was still drinking. I wouldn't admit, I couldn't see why the antidepressants working. Well, it says right there, like don't mix alcohol with these. And so I would always stop the antidepressants because they weren't working. And just for years on and off, (laughs) seeking therapy. What, why can't you help me? (laughs) <laughs> exactly why can't you help me it's yeah. your fault yeah. your fault yeah. that's all and and like you were saying the drinking is just a symptom yeah. of the underlying stuff yeah. that's not been resolved so that's that's what recovery really is all about is digging or peeling the layers like they say of the onion and uh, it's it's uh it's you, you just basically do everything different than you ever used to do. Mm. Like life is completely different than what you used to do. It's all foreign. It feels, you feel raw and exposed for so long. Um, mm. And you feel like everybody can see it too, or at least that's what I thought. Like I thought I, I felt like I was walking around with a sign on my forehead saying, <laughs> I don't drink now. <laughs> Because everybody I hung out with drunk drank. It was awful during that time, but it was magical too, because we start learning about who we really truly are. Like Mm -hmm. learning, becoming our authentic self Mm -hmm. is a really magical, wonderful process. Yeah, the thing of course is it is many of us don't know who we really are. Yeah. So, and we're starting off, I certainly did, I started with a blank canvas. So yeah. I could actually dream and yeah. then learn how to turn a dream into a vision and then a vision into a mission. And yeah. that that is still the path that I am on now. And I, I, every day I wake up and I've got the opportunity to redefine myself to think who do I want to be when I grow up and work towards that new person. And that is such a beautiful thing that, that I, that I get to do these things as it's a privilege and a privilege I worked hard for by getting sober and by actually starting this journey actively, not just, mindlessly bumbling along along but actually trying to figure out who do i want to be trying to deal with my demons deal with my addiction deal with my personality flaws my my all those things that maybe are not so ideal in my life and actually putting focus onto it and that is that is something that you guys get to do if you just choose to and yeah. that again, that gets yeah. us to the law of attraction. Um, it is this kind of vision and this kind of what do you want to focus on? Yeah. 
And who is, who is this new person? Is this person a really angry person? Do you want to be a really angry person full of resentment, full of, oh, yeah. Well, if you just can, can you know, bring other people who are like that in your life, go for it. You, you, know, you can create that person if you want to. Mm -hmm. You just need to, to listen to very right-wing or extremist views, go to the internet, um, go to discussion forums, only watch these kind of things and wait for a month. You're going to be a very bitter person. Or <laughs> have you got an alternative, Lisa? Well, I mean, I just love, it's so exciting. It gets exciting once you're starting to do the work. You, you just start to be able to see and imagine what might be possible. And then understanding that we live in a world of infinite possibilities and that we ourselves are full of infinite potential. And, and I think it's getting sober that really showed me that, wow, I can transform into a completely different person. I can't believe that I am not that person anymore. Like I, by doing scary things, by, by seeing the vision or actually feeling what might be possible and then taking, you know, baby steps, scary things, but I find the really hard things or the things that we don't want to do or the things that do feel scary, they bring the biggest and best results. And so by getting sober and seeing that possibility and seeing, wow, I can do anything now. If I can do that, I can do anything. It was like so liberating and freeing and that, that, spirituality that I grew from um, AA allowed me to have faith. Like I built up a faith. Things just started working better. Like for a while, I was just like, this seems too good to be true. Something's going to go wrong. You know, just from past experience thinking like this can't, this seems too, too good. And then people kept saying, no, no, just, accept it it's okay to feel happy <laughs> i was like wow this is really you know what a trip to feel happy and to be allowed to stay happy and to have peace mm. of mind yeah to feel happy to feel a happiness that doesn't come out of a bottle um yeah. or or out of out of a drug out of a tablet out of an injection is just a very powerful realization that this truly comes from you. Uh, this, I often say, I often recall that story when I had um, a strawberry, maybe a year down the line, three quarters of a year after I stopped drinking. And I bought strawberries from a, a street side vendor and bit into that strawberry. And I thought, oh, wow, this is the most beautiful strawberry I've ever had in my life. What did you grow? What did you put in your strawberries? And what I had not realized is that this was the first time the dopamine rush came from something actually really beautiful from the simple, that. the simple taste of a strawberry. And it was just gorgeous with hindsight. Yeah. That was the first time that my own system kicked back in. Uh, but it took me, it took me um, probably a year to actually come to that point 
So yeah. and that is a uh, that is that just points out that this is truly a journey. And you yeah. you stop drinking. Uh, this is really the start. This yeah. is the the very very start. And yeah. then this journey really begins. That is a cool yeah. cool thing. Yeah. And and as I said, you 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 might be religious, you might not be religious. You might believe spirituality is a heap of hocus pocus and law of attraction is a heap of crap. Um, but typically that would be, my guess is that would be the same misperception as maybe you had when you initially thought about AA. You didn't really know what, what they were talking about. And you just had this kind of nebulous kind of, oh no, 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 no. Um, I think spirituality and me, maybe to a degree, were a bit like that as well. Um, I'm a skeptic and, and spirits. Now, and I immediately think about ghosts and, and stuff like mm. that. And, and mm. you think, now nah, it has bugger all to do with that. Yeah. And um, so uh, the law of attraction. How you would, how would you, how would you describe that? How would you actually describe it to someone who has no idea what you're talking about? Well, I mean, I started to really uh, delve into it because I was really interested in how the mind works. Like they they would say in the rooms, like, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. You don't want to go there alone at night or like a, something like that or it's to that effect. Like it's they say it's a disease of perception. And so understanding that you know, you can have two people looking at the exact same thing and have two completely different views because you're looking through this lens of, mm. of mm. perception based on your past um, or old programming or old conditioning, things that you believe underneath in the mm. subconscious mind. So I just started like that. That's kind of what got me into, well, what does that mean? Um, how is the mind connected to save the cosmos. And I just um, realized with more studying and reading lots of books and listening to certain teachers that, you know, we're all energy. We are all energy and um, we're all manifesting all the time, whether we are aware of it or not. Our thoughts do create our reality. Like anything you see that's been created, somebody had to think about did it you know through steps and the belief that they could create it and so that was like super cool and fascinating like it, it's not rocket science to understand that we we create you know if you want to have a cup of coffee you see it in your mind and you just go and make yourself a cup of coffee things like that are easy but once you start getting into like oh i i I'm visualizing myself doing something really amazing. How, how do I make that come into my life? I started getting into the energy stuff and the energy, the vibrations that we're on and understanding when you're feeling on a low vibration, not as much energy within you, energy and almost spirituality is almost the same to me. Like when you're feeling low spirited or high spirited, there are different energies there right and so it's really the law of vibration that makes the law of attraction be in effect we are all on different vibration frequencies mm -hmm. and once you become in harmony with something 
you can bring it in. Some things are really easy because you're on that energy level. Other things are a little bit more challenging and you have to, um, the faith and the belief is almost more important than the actual desire. Like if you want something, but underneath you're like, Mm. nah, I can't do that. Or how, how start thinking about the, how could that actually happen? Mm. That's where so many people stop themselves because they, they just think that they have to have it all figured out. And the great thing is you don't have to have it all figured out at all. You can, See yourself doing it, hold the faith, mm. take baby steps, even if you're just throwing like darts at the dartboard, not as long as you keep moving, the universe starts co-creating with you. It's pretty cool. Like when certain things happen and you get thrown on detours and lots of times things feel like a challenge and a setback. But I, I now know like, wow, okay, this, I used to hate when people said everything happens for a reason, but I truly feel like Mm -hmm. this is happening for a reason. I'm learning something from it. I might feel like I'm failing right now, but this is actually going to take me closer to what it is that I I want eventually, even though I might not be able to see it right now. It's our five physical senses that really can hold us back because we expect that we need to see it immediately. <laughs> and, and I like that, that saying, what is it? Um, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Mm-hmm. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's not happening. It's like planting mm-hmm. seeds in the soil. Mm-hmm. You don't always see the little seedling come mm-hmm. up immediately, but you know that there are roots Mm. taking hold and and so that's that's yeah. kind of you know i so, talk about it so so true so true and and for those skeptics out there guys have you ever seen love have you ever touched love or right. the the feeling of of bliss have you touched it have you seen it somewhere in 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 out there there is bliss um yeah. that doesn't work like that does it yet very few of us would actually say, hang on, no, uh, no, I don't believe that that exists. Um, right. So here is one example. Or the other the other example is there, there's so much out there that, that we don't understand. How can you sit in, uh, in, a, in a queue in, at a red light and your car and suddenly you know that the guy there over your left uh, shoulder is looking at you? You didn't even know that there's a guy there. You, it's logic because there are cars behind you, but you know he's looking at you and you look around and the guy goes, and you know he has been looking at you. How? Yeah. How did you do that? Exactly. So there are things in this world where you just have to say, huh, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, you might be right there. And then if, if you take that, then maybe there's a bit more out there and maybe there's a bit more and what's the next step of it and accepting that do you think that that 150 years ago my great great grandparents if i told them you will have one day a box in your living room and suddenly a picture appears in that box and you know they're gonna be rays coming through the air and putting that picture in there they would have said 
you have yeah. lost your marbles. Yeah. Nowadays, we accept it for granted. Okay. Yeah. So there are things that we cannot yet see, but that are there. So why not actually open yourself up and actually say, have an open mind and yeah. and see where you want to go with this energy. Yeah. I guess that the, the key point for me that I take away from law of attraction is that if I focus on all the negative things in the world, my mind will get negative. And yeah. I think this is very, very real. And it's very, oh God, so many of us are right now in exactly that position with COVID, with unemployment, with our complete lifestyles are changing. Add to that climate change, add to that uh, right-wing and left-wing extremism around the world. My goodness, this world is going tits up. I mean, it is just, that's a fact. Does it mean that I now rule all that out? No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to believe in that. Nope. No, I strongly believe in being prepared. And many of you who are survivors out there, you have learned that you want to control your environment as much as possible. And that becomes your second nature. So yeah, for that, you need to know what's going on. So do I listen to news? Hell yes, lots of it. Do I do I accept that there are some really nasty forces at play out there? Yes, they are. But do I also take the, the opportunity to refocus on something else? Do I want to read? take the opportunity to to now focus on on talking to lisa to you and 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 making you feel welcome on my show yes do i focus on the fact that i despite all that shit happening in this world that i'm creating today this content here where i hopefully can plant a seed in someone's life so which grows in their in their hopefully fertile soil and and make them see huh if these two numb nuts can get get sober and live a fantastic life, I, I'm sure I can do that. That's so cool. That's so cool. Now the climate is still changing, and there are still right wing guys out there. But I'm focusing on something different, and therefore I'm attracting different vibes. Today I'm attracting uh, a feeling of uh, lots of smiles on my face, actually, uh, because there's so much recognition in, in the words that you say, Lisa. You're you're just sort of, oh God, many of the words could have come out of my mouth, and that's a bit spooky. So that's that kind of a feeling here, you know. It is. Yeah. It's, um, so I'm attracting that by yeah. having taken the step of actually uh, connecting with Lisa and say, hey, do you want to come onto my show? So the question is, yeah. exactly. So you guys are there. So what, how do you want to, to connect? What is your vision? Who do you want to be? How can you get there to, to I don't know, whatever your vision is? It yeah. is, how do you get there? That is, which little step, tiny little step? Um, this is, I mean, Lisa, you're working with, with uh, clients, you're helping others. Um, what kind of sort of little exercises are you using um, for as, as uh, something to open people's minds about the possibilities, the endless possibilities that they are out there for growth? Have you got something that, that works for you? Um. Well, I would say that, yeah, there's so many. I mean, 
morning, my morning ritual is so important to me before the day gets started. And I really help my clients get into habits and more healthy ways of starting their morning um, before just getting into that busyness. But I also really love helping people explore the idea of if you were completely unrestricted, like if you let go of all limitations and you really tapped into your imagination, mm. what is it that you want? Mm. If you weren't afraid, if money wasn't an issue, if you know all, all the other limiting beliefs, I'm too young, I don't have enough education, mm. I'm I don't I weigh too much, or I I you know the list goes on and on and on. I don't weigh enough, like you name it, if you took all of those limitations away, what is it that you really would be doing right now? Mm. What do you want to be, do, and have? And some people, they allow themselves to dream big and it, and I guide them with how to, you know, lift that energy Mm. and get closer to that. But some people are just so life is living them almost like they can't even imagine they can't even tap into that because for so long they have, you know, Bob Proctor is someone I listen to a lot. He'll say, you're not the director of your show. You're like an actor in, in, in the, the film of your, then the movie of your life. So you got to be in the director's seat. A lot of people, you know, And the other thing I like to say is, well, how do you want to feel? If you can't envision it, just how do you want to feel? And let's go with that first. And it's usually joy, enthusiasm, excitement, uh, joie de vivre, laughter, creativity, passion. Um, And so once you know what you want to feel, then you can start to sort of think about things that you really want to be, do or have. And it's beautiful. And and for that you need to be guided. For that you for for in order to get these realizations, I mean that is that is where where people like this come in, because I without doing being introduced to the such principles, you will never know that they are there, and so that is the amazing thing. I I uh, a friend of mine started becoming a life coach, and and she did a presentation there, and. Uh, I thought, well, I better go along and and support her. I didn't know if I'm the only guest (laughs) in the audience. As it so happens, there were a dozen or so people there. Uh, And it was really nice. It was her first gig. And she, during that uh, three hours of of seminar, she asked us to pair up in in pairs, sorry, Mm -hmm. come together in pairs. And for three minutes, describe in minute details the life that you want to live. Uh, and the most minute details, very specific, do it. Mm-hmm. And then the other person did it to me. And that was the end of that, that thing. And then there was a bit more talk, talk, talk. And then, so now we've got another exercise. Guys, and that was about an hour later. An hour later. So now, again, same pairs. And now I want you to imagine that it is three years down the line. And I want you to tell the other person how you are now living in your new life. I thought, okay, let's go. Um, So it was my turn. I started talking, closed my eyes. 
and suddenly, fuck, I get goosebumps. Uh, it was, it was such a crystal clear picture there, and I said yes, and I, 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 I what came out of my mouth surprised me. Uh, what I had achieved, what I had become, who I had become, and it was. <laughs> sorry. I love it. I love it. That's what happens. Well, that's right. This goosebumps. And yeah, it yeah. was such a crystal clear vision. Um, it was blowing me away. And I thought, wow. So there is there is such a power in this mm-hmm. imagination if you actually really and I was, what did I do? Three minutes here, three minutes there. There were six yeah. minutes in my life. Yeah. Yet I will yeah. never forget that exercise because yeah. it showed me the power of thinking clearly and dreaming, becoming a vision, becoming a mission. Yeah. That was, this is, and this, this is a superpower that each of you out there can harness, each yeah. and every one. Yeah. Now, don't tell me that you're too young, too old. Uh, yes, I've, I've had friends who, who had been living under bridges when, and who have been in really, really dire straits. Yeah. And what are they doing now? They're living very, very, very different lives. Who yeah. stops you? Why can't you do that? Don't even ask that question. Why can't? Because your, your mind will answer that. Your mind will come up with about 20,000 reasons why you can't be happy. So maybe ask, rephrase that question. How would you ask someone to rephrase that question? I always just stay focused on the what and the why. Don't worry about the how. Like you, you are a powerful, the energy that's coursing through you is the same energy that's coursing through the cosmos. Like, we are all transmuting energy in we're in just in a different form if you can image it in your mind you can create it and i love the specific you know the visualization with clear and vivid details like so important guided visualization is is a, a great place to start even if you want to quit drinking start visualizing yourself as a sober person Absolutely. Absolutely. And all the, all the amazing things that could come from that. And it's like a physical muscle. So you don't just go once to the gym and say, oh, great, I'm going to be now fit forever. No, sorry, it doesn't work like that. So you have to work these muscles. And then after a while, they get stronger and stronger. So your techniques of visualization, your techniques of, of expressing gratitude as a natural thing, as a natural part of your life, um, all these micro habits that Lisa is teaching you, uh, they, are, they are perishable in their own right so if you don't practice them yeah i guess what happens and if you don't practice them well you you will never actually get to to a level that you're even you know more confident more more uh that you can easier use them because they will always be otherwise new and you have to think well how do i do that now so practice practice makes perfect and that is the same with our coping mechanisms with our way we live our lives with our uh, visualization techniques meditation you name it everything that that can be so good for you um if you don't give it a go and if you don't practice it well you know, it's the same as yeah. you buy a gym membership and then don't go. So, yes. <laughs> no, oh, Lisa, Lisa, you're, you're very much. I mean, I, I love the way you uh, you're phrasing things. 
and uh, uh, very much uh, buy into your concepts. And they certainly made a, a world of a difference for me and for many people I know. So there's there's a lot to be said about that. Lisa, if people are, really like what you said and, and sort of want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, well, I'm very active on Instagram. I, I am a visual person. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm on Instagram under the handle of Lisa Kelly dot life. And that's the same URL for my website, mm -hmm. Lisa Kelly dot life. And that's the same, um, end of the Facebook, uh, URL. Mm -hmm. It's facebook.com at Lisa Kelly dot life. So, Beautiful. and I'm on YouTube and I should share that I do have a very popular guided visualization on YouTube. Um, it's a five minute where it can get you into really seeing those images in your mind and feeling mm. what is possible for you. So that's on, on YouTube Beautiful. too. Mm -hmm. Check out that there, the description of the podcast or of the YouTube video. And whilst you're down there and looking up uh, Lisa's uh, contact details, you might as well press that subscribe button. And remember, then go out there, spread the word, you know, snowball turning into avalanche. Let's spread the word and let's change this world because we can, we have the power to do so. What stops us? Nothing, nothing. We can make this world a little bit better. We can't, we can't change everything but we can change with ourselves and we can make ourselves stronger, more resilient, more humble, more, more progressive in our open mind. There is so much we can do every second of this life. And it is such a power that we have got. Let's use it. Let's live purposefully and not in, in, a, in a weird way, but just, Right now, when you stop this interview, what do you want to do? Yeah. Do you want to have a glass of water? Great, you're rehydrating. Do you want to take a deep breath and actually say, I might walk around the block or do whatever it is, get some fresh air, connect with nature. How beautiful is that? So these are all steps you're taking. Or you could say, I open a glass of wine. and Okay, fair call. If you're still at that level, then this is your choice. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy that glass of wine. But we have planted that seed in your head. So I dare to say the sheer fact that you're listening now after, what, nearly an hour of an interview. So, no, 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 no. I think, I think irreparable damage has been done to your drinking career. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the seed has been planted. Yes. Uh, the question is, how quickly will it start growing? And just let it grow. Let it grow. You, you yeah. know, you know that that change is about to happen. Hopefully it happens soon to you. And uh, if it takes a little while, it takes a little while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa. Uh, that was a great interview. I'm so grateful that you came onto my show and 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 shared honestly your your transformation story. Uh, it's it's very powerful, and I'm so pleased for you. Uh, and the past so does not equal the future. Mm. Thank you so much. I really really enjoyed it, and 
yeah, like I said at the beginning, I, I could talk about this <laughs> all day, every day. That's beautiful. And that's exactly what she does. So get in touch with her and and uh, see that how she can guide you. Uh, Lisa Kelly can guide you towards a, uh, a life that has maybe a, a different meaning for you and a life worthwhile living. So Lisa, thank you so much. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Bye. Thank you.